Say It Southern, aspiring to live not just as moms, but as modern Southern women, we began this project to hear from those who inspire us and recognize those who are achieving their own personal goals. Listen in as we celebrate the South and those who say it Southern. All right, today, Sarah, we've got two handsome young fellas in the studio today. We've never, just so our listeners know, we've never had two people live in our studio. No. Today's the first time. And these guys happen to look a lot like me, sound a lot like me. They are my two younger brothers, Dan. Chill. And Reed. What up, what up? (laughs) So I'm so excited to have them, Sarah, and I'm excited to hear all about what they're doing. This is fun, yeah. So this is a podcast for not just the mothers, but for the brothers as well, because you can pull in your husband and let him listen to this one too. So Hopefully he'll like us. Yeah, this is a good one. So we're talking with Dan and Reed today because they are songwriters in Nashville, Tennessee. Yes, we are. So I got to ask you guys, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I'm kind of like your sister today, mm-hmm. right? Can I be your half sister? Totally, totally. Okay, okay, good. So I'm just going to throw this out there. I lived in Nashville. And everyone in Nashville claims to be a songwriter, a musician, the next big thing. So as a songwriter, how do you know you're legit? Well, there's actually a a joke that kind of runs around in Nashville. And it's like, what's the best way or what's the... What's the quickest way to get a songwriter off your doorstep in Nashville is to pay him for the pizza because every, like you said, the majority of people, yeah, I got jokes for days. <laughs> bring your husbands in. Bring your dad in. He's going to think I'm funny. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that's an interesting question because they're, it's kind of up to you. It's like what do you determine as being legit? Do you determine uh, making money as, as satisfying that? Do you determine, I mean, would, would having co-writes, you know? Yeah, or just a cut. Or a cut. cut. And it's, it's a never-ending process. Like, for me personally, I know I can speak for myself. I just wanted in the business. I wanted people to know who I am. I wanted people to hear what I had to say. I just went to Nashville to be a songwriter. I had no intentions of, like, being an artist and, like, performing on the CMAs or anything like that. All I wanted to do was to get my words out there. So, for me, um, I feel like I feel like I was honestly kind of walking into, like, legit world once... Um, once I had an artist to put a song of mine on hold. Okay, so I'll explain what that means. As a professional, you you have a schedule, like our scheduled co-writes, right? So you try to get, okay, let me just get from the jump. So when I moved to Nashville, all I wanted to do was get a publishing deal first because that with a publishing deal comes a company that books you with other writers. So if, I'll just, the best way to explain this is if Courtney is uh, Gary Underwood, okay, you're the publishing house. Me and Reed are the songwriters, right? So we write a song together. We turn that song into you. And then... Sarah. The, Sarah, the publishing Sarah, house. Sarah, the publishing house. And then you take that to Courtney Carey. I get that a lot. Yeah, yeah. My legs. Not sure. My legs look a lot like Carrie's. I've actually never heard you be so called that. when you write these songs, are you taking them? Or are you out playing them in Nashville hoping that someone hears them? So the way it works is... say so. Once again, we'll keep the same scenario set up for the for this next couple of questions, I'm assuming. So Reed and I write the song together. We own 50% a piece. We turn that into the publisher. Now, if you're my publisher, like Sony ATV is my publisher, so they own a quarter of my publishing in order for me to turn that into them. So whatever that song makes, we split up 
you know, depending on how your contract lays. So that song is turned in as a work tape, okay? So then you come back to us and you go, hey, guys, I love the song Golden Giraffe that you guys wrote. So if you will, do you, do you guys care to demo that? So then we'll go demo the song, which is we hire a, a full band. We come into the studio. And we all They all play parts, and then we cut that. That's called cutting that song. We bring it back to you. You go, I love it. I think Carrie Courtney's going to love it. You have a meeting with her publisher or maybe her representative that picks song song picker for her. She puts it on hold. Okay, so that doesn't mean that the song is gonna get cut and put on a Carrie record. It just means Carrie digs it, and she doesn't want you to play it for anybody else. So once that song goes on hold, that's the first step to possibly having a song on the record. So then, me and Reed are like, "Oh my gosh, we got a Courtney Carrie cut." Um, or we're, we're hoping to get a Courtney Carey cut. It comes back that she did go into the studio and she cut it, right? So then we're like, okay, maybe we get on the record. Cause, and they said, well, she cut 15 songs. She's going to have a 12-song record. So you may be one of those three that gets bumped, or you may be one of those 12 that makes the record, right? And this is, these are not precise numbers. And it takes a long time before you know this, right? Year. It could take 12 months. It could take more than that. When we, we've had friends that have had songs on hold in Nashville for three to five years before the song ever even gets cut. Yeah. So in the meantime, you're just delivering pizzas and you're just doing what Depending you Depending on do. if you're getting, like, if, you're, if you have that publishing deal, like, let's say I have the Sony. If you're working you, with Sony. I'm working so with Sony. So you're getting paid. Reed's not. Okay. Yeah, he is. We'll get to that in a minute. Well, but, he, yeah. <laughs> so confusing. So, <laughs> so. Just tell your, okay. So he basically would be retaining his whole half of the publishing, his whole 50. As where my 50 is split with you, Sony ATV. Mm-hmm. But you're the one that's getting the song cut. So he's actually just kind of freeloading. Getting in, get, that's the dream scenario is right. to be that guy. Because then you make all your money. You don't have to split it with anybody. If it gets cut and on a record, and then you hope for a single. So if Carrie Courtney cuts that single, then me and Reed split 50-50. You take 25 of mine, and he, he retains the 50 of his. I know that's super confusing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's the okay. quickest way I know okay. how to describe uh, that. So let me ask you this then. Dan. Okay. So you, when you moved to Nashville, though, you weren't with Sony. You didn't come to Nashville because Sony's like, hey, Dan, we want you to come write for us. Absolutely So not. why did you go to, I mean, obviously you wanted to get your music out there. Mm-hmm. But how did you know it was going to work or how did you get in front of Sony? <laughs> you don't know. That's the, that's the chasing the dream part. That's the work part that nobody ever sees. And nobody ever recognizes. I have people ask me, and I know Reed does too, like, how do I get to do what you do? And I'm like, well, go back to when you were in first grade, be fat, get made fun of, tell, have a girl tell you that she's not that into you, and start writing your love <laughs> for her down <laughs> in a notebook that you hide behind your dresser. Let your older sister find it. And then when you... Ruin your social life. Fight through that for 10 years. You know, and 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 start recognizing that 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 speaks to you, and it's the only way you can express yourself. When we moved to town, or when I moved to town, I yeah, was there. Yeah, we want to hear both of your stories. I'm, no, I'm hogging it. No, but no, it's no. such a dean want some water or something. It's such a complicated <laughs> thing to talk about. And I was there first, so I feel like I need to get me out of the way. I moved up. I started working for a, um, a furniture company. I was moving furniture. Damn. Shout out Tim Hodge. It was Tim Hodges, Hodges Logistics, man. Logistics. <laughs> Part of my story, too. It should have been Tim Hodgistics. Tim Hodgistics. All right. Sorry, sorry. So we, uh, we get there. I started working for him. I met some people that wrote songs, even in that business. It, I'm just working through that. I had uh, five songs that I had written with 
um, different people who, who had publishing deals. I borrowed $500 from Courtney and Jason. I borrowed $750 from my granddad. I went and cut a five-song demo session of my songs. I pitched it to ATV. They held me on the string for nine months. The guy that I met with, I noticed he had softball bats in the corner of his room. I found out where he played softball, which was at Fieldstone Farms in Franklin, and I got a job umpiring at that place so that I would run into him again. So you're a stalker? Kind of. <laughs> no, that's for sure. You kind of have to be, though. 100. So I was working in the furniture. I would, I would move furniture from 7 in the morning until 5, and at 5 I would change into my umpire outfit in the back of a truck. I would go umpire at Fieldstone Farms. I ran into Mike Whalen at Fieldstone Farms. He just was, happened to run into goes, him. Mm-hmm. He goes, what are you doing here? I was like, dude, I'm hustling, man. Writing songs on, on the, the side. Grind, man. I'm writing songs on the side, and I'm, I'm umpiring at night. And he was like, man, why don't you come see me? And I was like, no problem. Got a deal, basically, mm-hmm. off I of that persistence. No, that's right. Yeah. And, I mean, seriously, I'm proud of that story. Yeah, you are. And so then Reed was like, you're writing songs? I think I want to do that. Bam. He gets to round at the Bluebird, his first opportunity. Well, Dan, when you went to Nashville, did you say, like, to, in your mind, I'm going to give myself two years, five years, ten years, and if it doesn't work out, you know? It's funny. I, I went to insurance school, and I passed three of the four tests to be an insurance salesman. I went to a hot dog okay. dinner in the basement of this place, and there was just filled with all these people that were trying to get insurance. And they Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> no. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong, wrong with, that. with that. They introduced me and said... This is Dan is when you're gonna be seeing a lot more of him and I was like, I can't I can't do that. And I had a, a, a suit jacket on and like some pleated khakis. And I came home that night and dad was like, How'd it go? And I was like, Man, I it was weird. And he goes, If you'll move to Nashville and try it for one year, if you don't make it, I'll pay for everything. If you don't get something going in that year. And in within that year, there were things moving and things popping. Mm-hmm. And once I got a taste of it, you can't you can't put it down. Yeah. Okay, Rito. What's up? What's hey. up, Reed? When'd you get here? <laughs> Just Reed, been drinking my water. Okay, so. What's up? Your side of the story. So, Big Brother Dan goes to Nashville. You're in college. Yeah. You wanted to be an eye doctor. Yeah, I worked with Dr. Richard Rogers in Savannah mm-hmm. for, I guess, two years, something like that. Um, wanted to be an eye doctor and went to Knoxville, UT Knoxville. Uh, did medical stuff over there. Um, you know, went to ball games with my buddies, had a great time. And then when Dan, you know, was talking to Dan and, and I couldn't pass physics and kept on calling Dan, was like, I don't know what I want to do. And this is a true story. Was back, was, we were down in Tupelo and I was at one of Dan's shows and I had a girlfriend at the time call me. And this is like December or something. She's like, hey, uh, I just looked at your report card. And I was like, and? She was like, you didn't pass physics again. I was like, uh, she goes, what are you going to do? Wait, like is this your mother or your girlfriend? Girlfriend. Girlfriend. It's always okay. been. It. Yeah, right. Mm. Wow. So she, Why does she have access mm-hmm. to that? I mean, all I'm not surprised by that Anyway, at all. sorry you, to interrupt. She scheduled Continue. my classes, actually. Oh, okay. So. Codependent. Yeah. <laughs> be another so podcast. She goes, she said, what are you going to do? She, goes, she said, it's going to be real hard for you to get into optometry school now. And I was like, well, I've been talking to Dan. I think I'm going to move to Nashville. And she was like, well, what does that mean for us? I was like, I don't know. And and I did. We moved to Nashville. We ended up breaking up. Wrote a bunch of songs about it. Um, moved furniture at the same place Dan did. I got my degree from MTSU. Lived on a boat for four years. Um, 
after I graduated, I moved furniture for a year and a half and then met the right people through Dan and some buddies in town and got a publishing deal over at Carnival and then went to Sony and now I'm at 58 and Big Machine. And I want to clarify just so everybody knows, it was never like a coattail thing because Nashville won't allow you to ride a coattail. It will for a minute, but it, I mean, it was the same situation. I had some help <clears throat> from a guy here in Jack or close to Jackson, a guy named Jonathan Singleton. And he said, look, man, I can get you into these rooms, but you have to prove to these people that you're worth being there. I can't prove that for you. Yeah. I can just only hand you the opportunities. And I told Reed the same thing. I said, look, man, I'm doing everything in my power to keep my tiny face above water so that I can breathe. I, don't, I can't hold you to. So you're going to have to learn how to write songs. And, and he, music was always pretty natural for us. I think our whole family. And so when he got in there and started learning how to do it, um, he took off, and now he stands on his own two feet, and he's, he's a power player in the town as well. So, Reed, you, yep. artist, wanted to be an artist at first? Yeah, so my first, the whole plan was for us to, you know, for me to move to town, us to write some songs, cut a record, get a record deal, go out and play those for five years, release a few records, and then, you know, buy up some land and... <laughs> And never look back. But, yeah, I, I, I tell the story all the time, but I was miserable on the road playing these shows. And um, and so I remember one time I was on the road, and I called Dan, and it was during deer season. And, and I, I said, you know, what are y'all doing? He's like, me and Dad just put on steaks. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I think that's the last week I ever went out on the road. Mm-hmm. And I came back, and we talked about it. And, and I in town, if you're on the fence – between being an artist and a writer, giving 50% to one and 50% to the other, neither one of them are going to work. So you kind of have to dive off into artist land or writer land and kind of choose your lane and and hit the pedal to the metal and, and go 100 miles an hour down it. And I, that's what I did on the songwriter side. And you know, and now, three years later, I guess, four years later, it's just now starting to work. So even after I made that decision, I had a lot of work to do You because know, I had to start all over on the songwriter end of it. So... Do you guys write together often, or you're at two different publishing companies? Mm-hmm. Do you obviously write different kinds of music? It would be funny for me to hear. I want you to describe Dan's style of music, and I want Dan to describe your style That's of music. Cool. Style of creating music, you're saying? Yeah. However, you want to answer it. Yeah, style of writing. Sure. Like in the room. Mm-hmm. Who goes first? Read. Um, yeah, I guess so. We're writing. I guess two times a month now, probably. Probably more than that, dude. Three times a month. It's probably at least two times. I mean, I would say we, for the year, we probably write once a week for the year. Yeah. Um, so Dan's style is, he's you know he's more country than than all of us. You know, he grew up more on that '90s country music than any of us did, and and he still obviously dabbles in other stuff and can do all of it. But Dan, Dan's a lyricist, and and. I mean, we make fun of each other in the room with artists or, or other songwriters, but I always tell people when he's out of the room, I'm like, Man, he'll go down, I think, as like the, the, one of the best lyricists in, my, in our generation of songwriters in town. Dang, like, dude. Like I appreciate wow. that. No, I'm serious. I I'm serious. I mean, like, there's, that. yeah, dude, because there's Tony Lanes and there's, you know, other guys like that that are above us and Bethard and Heaney and, and these he's guys. He's describing the, what I would call the, no offense, guys, if you listen to this, but like a senior class of writers. All-American yeah. Lake. Uh, I don't 
know if that's They've like got a few all songs stars. under their all belt. All stars. Yeah, okay. yeah the all star, the all best star. in the game. Yeah. I mean, okay. the best, the top. Yeah. I'm not saying I am. <laughs> Read yeah, and I don't, I don't really look. Uh, some people, there's some stuff on the internet about top songwriters, and it's about how much money you're making, and that's not. I don't even know. Like, I don't even look at that stuff because. The top songwriters in towns are the ones writing the best songs to me, yeah. and and so those those senior class that have hundreds of those, you know, and and I think in our our class Dan's a little bit above me, but I think I kind of came in and coming into that class with him now and trying to get to where him and Jonathan are and those those cats. But um, yeah, I, 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 Dan's a lyricist, man. He can do it all. He can do melody. He can play and come up with licks and riffs and all that. But man, he's going to give you a, a super solid lyric. And a good idea. Appreciate that, bro. Now, Dan, you better have something good to say about Reed now. No doubt. I'm blushing over here. Well, I think, um, first off, I think style is is developed over a long period of time. I don't think you move to Nashville knowing what your style is. I think your style depends on what you went through as a child and what you went through in breakups and heartache and where your head, you know, where you stay. And Reed always landed in, like, melody world. He was singing his tail off since he was, what, Courtney? Five? Yeah. I mean, before he could even speak, he was humming things and doing that. So naturally, his path, even though I kind of already knew that's where he would, the, the exit he would take off the highway, I mean, he's a, he's a melody freak. And that's why people, that's why he holds value is because I've seen him in the room with artists who think they have a style lay out a melody path for them and let them follow it and that be the determinant of why the song got cut. Because let me tell you this, Ricky Joe Riley down the road down here, he don't care about the moon over Mexico stars. What he cares about is something he can groove to in a Chevrolet and that's what Reed does. So there's value in both things. You see what I'm saying? Not that he can't write a lyric, he can definitely write a lyric. And and I feel like a lyric is is something you can kind of develop over time more as to where melody tends to be more natural as opposed to nurture rule, <laughs> if that makes sense. Nice word. So when songs are being written, you know, and you're in the studio, you're writing, on average, like how many people are in there? You know, you, you kind of think that usually it's like one person who's got this, these songs, these words, these, this music, and right. it's putting it all on paper or all on you know, down mm-hmm. to make this song, but really there's a lot of people involved, well, typically. It, it depends on what you're trying to do. Like some days there are... There's different categories of writers. So, like, what he just explained, that means Reed, Reed would be seen more as the melody guy. I might be seen a little more as the lyric guy. But then there are also artists that like to write their own songs. So if we're writing with, oh, I don't know, give me an artist, Courtney. Garth Brooks. There you go. We'll never write with him. But let's just say that the three of us are in the room together, okay? <laughs> well, he may come in and go, I've got an idea for a song. And we go, okay. And he's like, so he already knows his audience. He already knows what he needs to say, what he wants to say, because he's out there doing it every weekend. So he goes, it's, uh, the name of the song is uh, Silver Cross. So we're like, okay, well, then it's my kind of responsibility to start thinking of how can I direct this angle at what he, it is that he wants to say. And Reed's natural progression is to go, okay, how can I put... How would it so sound? Dan's going to work on the lyric. He's naturally already kind of knowing this. Dan's going to work on the lyric. How does this need to sound? And so... As things start pouring out, and I go, is this kind of the style you want? And when I do that, Garth goes, oh, yeah, one, four, five. It's exactly what I want to do. And I'm like, okay, so now Reed knows this is. In an old small town. And then all of a sudden, you're off and running, you know, and I go, 
well, what if we he, he wanted to do Silver Cross? So I may already be thinking about and the soon that a deed about a deed is lost. Old Silver Cross. And so then Reed takes that and we're like, blah, blah, blah. and before you know it, maybe we're putting something together that he loves. And that's the goal. Because you're competing with other work tapes that he's written over the past however long he's had on the album cycle. So there may be two people, there may be three people. It just depends on who's in the room. Now, because, let's say, Dan, you were Sony. Right. So I'm working at Sony. Okay. And I'm going to get a song together for Carrie Underwood. Okay. For Courtney over here. All right. Legs. So I'm, It's I want, all about the legs. Yes. <laughs> Squats. Um, so, Dan, I'm like, all right, I want Dan in there, I want Reed in there, uh-huh. and I'm going to pull, like, three other people in there. So what happens if you guys get in the room together and you're like, this is not working? Well, typically, there's not that many people in a room. Usually, it's either two or three. When four people get in there, it even gets kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Because it seems also like it'd the, be hard. Well, like, the, well, the overall pie of percentage of money goes down with every songwriter in there oh. that we're cutting, that we're splitting. So See, less that's, is, what, that's less, another reason you want it small. Yeah, mm-hmm. less is more for us. Right. And, because, and we can do, with Dan being a lyric guy and, and kind of a melody guy, me being a melody guy, kind of a lyric guy, we, we don't really need anybody else in town because we can kind of do what we do. Wait a second. We totally need other people in town. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm I'm talking about like to write a song. (laughs) They're not listening. Tony Lane's not listening to this podcast. But but that's why like the Tony Lanes have their their buddy that they like to write with. A hundred percent. That is extremely accurate. And also why artists like to work with certain songwriters. No doubt. doubt. Well, certain songwriters want to set. I'm sorry. Certain songwriters natural naturally say. Speaking the same language, if you will. Like, there are certain artists that I connect with that Reed doesn't necessarily connect with. But there's artists that he connects with that I don't because they want that hip, cool, five o'clock shadow, poppy, awesome thing that I can't do. Yeah. yeah. yeah or at least yeah. I can do it, just not as well as Reed can. So why do they need me there? Why don't they just get Reed? He's better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so let's name some influences. Like, when you, the way, the style that you write, which you talk about. So, Reed, who's somebody that's influenced you that you could say, oh, I really like this music style, and that's kind of... Are we talking music, or are we talking songwriters that have influenced? Music. Okay. Yeah, the story I always tell, and I'll make it quick for this, is, you know, I rode to church with Dad sometimes on Sundays, and Mom sometimes, and... And they would play different music, and then Courtney would drive me to school, and we'd be listening to R and B. We'd be listening to you know Genuine and Blackstreet and Boys to Men. I'm just a bachelor. And then Dan, you know, would forget me at school, and I'd have to call somebody, and then he would come pick me up an hour later. One time, and we would listen to country, and and so I. Standing at the fire. I love that. You know, I told Paul one time. I told my dad's dad that. He asked me what I wanted to do. I'll never forget. I said, I think I want to sing Garth Brooks songs. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And we, I made him listen to the whole In Pieces tape <laughs> upstairs yeah. in my bedroom. But I got, I was, I influenced from all over. I mean, from anything from Daddy Spuds, BB King stuff to Mama and Elvis and Dad and the Doobie Brothers and you and the, all the 90s R&B rap stuff. Dan the with explicit the, the, stuff. The country that, yeah. and Lindsay with, you know, her. Whatever, Bebop. Al City. <laughs> cool, yeah. I mean, and then my own, I, I kind of drew the ward. I, I, I love that Usher thing and the Justin Timberlake thing, and but then I love singing harmonies in church on Sundays to gospel. So I kind of, well, the way I look at it is I, I like to write about the influences in my life and kind of write about my life, and, and artists can kind of pick and choose those that kind of line up with their vision. And and say, oh, that that kind of looks like me. That song does, so I'm gonna grab that one. 
you know, that type of thing. So that's those are my, yeah, that's my influences pretty much. Man, I'll, I'll keep it short. I, You remember when mom would let me watch like TNN, but she wouldn't let us watch like MTV. So the majority of my childhood was spent sitting in front of the TV watching Alan Jackson and Billy Dean and Garth Brooks and Reba McIntyre. And honestly, I just... I just love that stuff. Now, I also played in a punk band uh, for seven, eight years and toured the country in that band. I played in uh, a country band, so and I played in a funk band. I've played in all kinds of bands. So my range is is, is real wide. Um, but I just, you know, within the, I mean, as I started graduating college, I really started looking into lyric. And I got into groups like the band and um, just people that, you know, sang stuff that meant, spoke to my heart. So do you have a song that you think is the best written song out there? Like for me, oh I think gosh. that when it comes to country music, I think um, Brooks and Dunn, Neon Moon. Solid. Just like the lyrics. Like that to me is like the S- ultimate country mm-hmm. song. Sitting in a bar, the neon lights, he's lonely. That's a tough one to That's a tough argue. Sarah you know? so had a hard night last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no joke. <laughs> She's down at the tavern. <laughs> what do you guys think? Do y'all have a song that you think is the best written song? The best written song. Uh, so what do you do with good old boys like me? Remember that song? Uh, There's a bunch of songs that kind of guys that say like, uh, it's too hot to fish. Oh, yeah. Too cold for golf. Or no, too hot for golf, but too cold at home. Yeah, that's a little Mark Chestnut song. Mark yeah, Chestnut song. One. That one. Um, that's I, a super country song, too. I mean, you know, there's some Hank Williams stuff out there. There's Junior, you know, uh, Merle. I mean, uh, you, I, I Big City's my favorite. Probably Big City's probably my favorite country song. And that's just recently. I I would always go like a Stapleton song that was like a deep cut on a um I don't even know what record it was. Rain on Tin Roof was a deep like. Mm. Uh, one of the four, the four little big town, little big town, little big town cut. Yeah, um, that was always my favorite. But then Dan, in a, kind of over this past summer, I doing fire pits and stuff at his house and listening to Merle. I mean, I just kind of got drawn into Big City and that kind of stuff. There's a Waylon song that says, uh, I think it's actually. Uh, Anyway, the the lyric is, I've always been crazy, but it's held me from going insane. Mm. And that, to me, has been my like mantra of my life. It's like being a little crazy has always been what kept me from going insane. And I, yeah. at the time, when I first heard that song 15 years ago, that never clicked with me. But now that I'm 35 and looking at kind of the backside it's like man that it doesn't sound like much but when it when you get in the it's almost like unlocking a lock and when the key fits and it turns and it clicks and you're like oh my oh, gosh yeah. <laughs> this is i'm where that guy was when he wrote that song mm-hmm. and that's why those kind of tunes mean so much to me that's why music's so powerful mm-hmm. it is powerful Everyone. i agree with that so you never thought about having a conventional job i entertained it but it was Insurance cl- hot dogs in the basement. Hot remember? dogs did it. Hot dogs. <laughs> hey, that's the those hot dogs must have been real bad. Man. It sealed the deal. No, they were bold. And you know what? <laughs> <laughs> the pale <laughs> ones. It was the red. The pe- oh, the oh. the red. Oh. The red bold. I don't know that I've ever eaten one of those. It wasn't. What's Adam Milligan's dad's name? Anthony. Anthony. I'm sorry, Anthony. Dude. I, I'm not mean to play out your hot dog dinner. Um. Probably grill them next time, though. He did grill them. Let's talk about okay. let's talk about the artists that you're involved in, with because people want to know that they want to know what songs that you've had cut. They want to know who you've worked with, what you've got on hold, what's popping for you now. 
what's happening in the next five years. Um, it's funny because you, you have no idea how relative that is. Well, because let's go. sometimes music takes that long to even come out. You go for a second. Um, I'm just now coming into my whole, like, my first year of seeing songs that I've been a part of getting cut on major albums. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very blessed for that and, and very grateful. But this year, 2019 has been the year for me so far. And, and I think it's part, partly is, and, and people always said, like, when you get out of a, of, of a publishing deal and you find the right one with mm-hmm. the right people, it, it's just different. And I never believed them because I thought, you know, and, and I went from a big company to a small company. And, and sometimes it's vice versa with people work in big companies and don't work with small companies. And I think I'm one of the guys that work with a small company, a, a, a more of a family feel, and um, where my songs are actually getting pitched and, and, and being on these, on these lists going to these artists. But um, so we, my, obviously we're, Luke, we're friends with Luke Combs, and that's through Dan and his connection with those guys. And, and we've become friends with him and i've i was able well it to, was but now i mean he kind of owns some of your publishing so I would yeah say. And, and luke's part of the company 50 egg that him and jonathan um and tally own uh, that do a joint venture with big machine for me um and so anyway um i got a song on that upcoming record that's going to come out um, that, <laughs> can you give us a sneak peek can you sing a little or is it top secret? It's pretty top secret. It's, pretty top secret. it's different. If it was like a lesser ar- artist, but he's he's like sorry, he like <laughs> can't say that. I'm sorry, but he's like I mean, we'll get you to sing in a minute. Luke's top of the game. Okay, you we'll know. get you. You'll have to sing something though. Yeah, we'll sing something. Okay, um, and but then you've also got a bunch of other projects. That I'm, you're coming. Yeah, I'm really excited about Lainey Wilson, and this is a girl that I met at Sony, and she I was there, and Dan was there before she was signed there, but something was different about her and the way she sang and held herself and 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 her confidence and. So she's actually got, she got a record deal and she's cutting a record with Jay Joyce right now and uh, I got a song on that and I've always wanted to have a song recorded by Jay because he does the Eric Church records he did the Amos Lee records mm. um, he's done some little big town stuff and and he just looks at it differently you know and does it does things kind of weird and so I'm, I'm excited to hear that tune come out um, had one on the Tucker thing that came out and love Tuck man you know literally Tucker Bethard okay yeah Casey's yeah Casey's Bethard's kid that, that's at Warner now was that big machine but man great kid really knows who he is as an artist um, had a lot of fun writing some songs with him for that project um, got one on Langston our buddy John and yeah just just other projects coming out working with a kid named Jacob Lutz at 58 that we just signed that is just like me and so it's a fun little brother thing that I've I've never got to have and he was here last night went to the Kenton show at Hub City thank you Jerry Corley um and so, yeah, that's kind of who I'm tied up with, you know, just working every day to, to kind of get songs on those things. I was lucky enough to get on that Luke thing pretty, not super early, um, but we became fast friends. He's into turkey hunting, deer hunting. Uh, he loves country music. You know what I'm saying? We just had a lot, a lot of things in, in line with each other. <laughs> and, uh, man, we took off, and we've been on the road. We wrote a pile of songs for this next, next record, and... I'm excited about all of those songs. Uh, all the mini <laughs> songs. So you have more than one song on the record? I mean... So wait, Reed, you have songs on Luke Combs' upcoming record. Dan, you have songs on his record. We, I have songs. We are supposed... I think I have, <laughs> that, I think I have songs. No, look, song. you never know how it's going to yeah. shake So you, don't, you really don't know yet. 
if you're still... Well, we might know. Okay, you know. <laughs> just can't you say. Know. It's on there. <laughs> until, the co- until the record cover's printed. Until you can buy it at Walmart, I right. ain't got nothing. That's okay. what Dan always says. He's like, until sure. you see it on the back of the CD cover... Okay. I ain't but as far that as songs that are on the back of CDs covers, uh, I had three on Scotty McCreary's last record. Uh, I had I had a cut with Craig Campbell, had a cut with Justin Moore, and um, it's been good. It's no, been good. You were in Canada. You won a. I did not win. I well, did you were go. nominated. I was nominated, and I don't think I'll ever go back. Tell them what you were nominated for. Uh, I had a single up in Canada with Megan Patrick. With a girl named Megan Patrick. That was a great She's song great. Too. She's kind of like the Canadian. Gary Underwood kind of, you know what I'm saying? She hunts and, and pretty all girl, that kind of stuff. Super yeah. pretty girl, great singer. Um, and so I went to Canada. The song was up for, gosh, I think I'm going to brag like crazy, but it was up for song of the year. It was up for, we were up for writers of the year. She was up for album of the year with country music made me do it and uh, something country else. Music Video of the year. Sing a little bit of that song. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Country music made me do it. Held my hand and walked me through it mm, The way nothing It always does when you turn it on uh, There's always a high lonesome song Keeps you down a little long I could take the credit but I always knew it Country music made me do it I can't believe I remember that but that's right. kind of a What do you mean you can't remember? Like, we write five songs write, a week for mm-hmm. 10 years. Are you uh, kidding you, me right now? You were I'm nominated not, for Song of the Year, and you were like, I don't, can't believe I can remember that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. No. I, really? We're the guys that, and we used to get made fun of it for it, but now that, that we kind of have a little tiny bit of clout in town, we can take our music stands now to our riders' rounds and literally... Last time I could, my contacts were messing up, so I, you couldn't even see my face during the riders' round because I had my music stand right in front of my face and reading the lyrics with my guitar up. I mean, you have and to. That's just okay. What did you eat for lunch yesterday? Mm, good question. See, <laughs> see know. what I did there? But did you eat lunch? Uh, uh, don't, yes, no, 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 don't ask me yet. What did you have for lunch yesterday? I don't even know. See, that's exactly really so. Now so sing it in front write. of five hundred people. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I just did. Sandwich <laughs> made I'm me just do saying, it. We do it. <laughs> we do it. <laughs> we do it so that's often. Mustard. We do it so Chips often. On the side. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, I didn't know we had some vocals. Oh, Sarah's in got chops. I, I can tell. I Four can part tell. later <laughs> harmony. Look, I'm just saying we do it so often that it's impossible to just. Recognize those songs immediately. Do you think that's probably a good thing, though, so you can kind of move on to the next song? I think you learn to do it whether you want to or not. If you are writing the mass quantity of songs that Reed and I write monthly, it, it's impossible for you to remember all those melodies, especially when they start overlapping each other and getting all weird. So you just said you work five days. You write five days a week. That's not entirely true. Sometimes that we work three days some days we work five days. Some days we write two songs in one day. So it's kind of a, you know, I would say we probably average coming out with three days, three and a half, a three and a half, four songs a week, regardless of how that's stacked. Yeah. So you play hard too, though. 11 to three. We play hard. What's your favorite thing to do in your past? I already know this, but my listeners won't. Sure. What do you love to do in your downtime? H-U-N-T. Even I know this because I follow you guys Thank on you. the Brothers Hunt. We appreciate you liking on Instagram. Posts. Thank you. And you guys have a new podcast out. We do. 
This is, a brand, this is a brand you're trying to develop, and I'm going to pass this to Reed because this is something that you've been very passionate about um, kind of since the get. Talk about how the Brothers Hunt started and kind of what your thought process is behind it. And Well, we started the Brothers Hunt. I remember where we started it. We, we, were, on the, we were down in uh, West Tennessee at the, at the farm and sitting on the front porch and we were just like, man, let's just start taking some pictures and let's do this. You know, it's like, what's the coolest way to say that we hunt and we're brothers? And we came up with the, the brothers hunt and we thought it was different. We started taking pictures when we would go out west and throw them up on Instagram. And then um, we took cameras to show, honestly, to come back and show dad, you know, what we've been doing out there and what we were doing. And um, we, we ended up putting together Dan spent the majority of the time putting together our Montana 2015 film that we threw up on YouTube. It's got over 30,000 views now um, of our elk hunt and mule deer hunt up there. And it's an hour long. It's an hour strange long. strange to have yeah. that many views on something that long. And so it just kind of became something that we were doing. Um, we just kind of, we did it anyway. You know, we went to all these places and we hunted and, and we had dreams of going to so much more and seeing so much more. And so we just thought, let's just take a camera. And we started posting pictures, and then we um, started making these films, and it became something that I thought at one point we were, I was going to have to choose between my... Super son. recently, though, that it, it just recently got to this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like a month into it we thought, oh, no, we're going to have to choose between the two. Oh, no, 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 no. But some I, development. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought at one point I was going to have to choose between the Brothers Hunt and songwriting, and, and, but now all they're doing is they're kind of pouring gasoline on each other. Mm-hmm. To a, to a point where we, you know, we kind of, we started not knowing where it was going to go and we were cool with wherever it went. And, and now we're at a point where we're looking at, you know, four full films a year with a production production company. And, um, you know, the podcast is starting up and sponsorships coming on um, and, you know, marketing and all that. And so it's it's been a really cool journey and we're still open to see where it goes. And it's it's kind of helping out our songwriting thing with artists wanting to go on these hunts with us, and it's been a crazy ride because it was our it's kind of the baby. I don't know what's I don't know where it's going, but I'm excited about it. So you grew up hunting, obviously, with dad. I mean, right. y'all were gone all the fall, fall the time. time. We were not gone all the time. We were gone fall the time. Turkeys, or you were fishing, or you were hunting. Yeah, that's spring and summer. Yeah. Okay. You're right. yeah, so you're gone all the time. Year <laughs> round thing. Yeah. yeah maybe. So that's just something you grew up doing, and obviously music, and then it turned into this thing, and now you're building a brand, and so it is growing. But then there's all these connections to music, and but now there's these other companies coming on. I mean, how are you? How are you doing all this? Well, I think one thing that we were we were discussing early on in the careers, like we were riding with these people and they were coming into our studio and they were seeing stuff like European mounts on the wall, like what you have in here. And, um, which was a nice deer taken to Montana by your husband, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say he's a brother too. He brother hunts. He's been around a while. Oh, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, he's the redhead in our films. We were coming, <laughs> the other red, the real red. <laughs> we were coming into these riding rooms and people were, cur- were curious about, stuff like that and they were curious about in our lunches we would have you know one of of my favorite stories about about this is there's an Australian writer at Sony named Lindsay Rhymes and we didn't know each other at the time and I had cooked deer tenderloin the night before well every well at least in our family you know that you cut these 
Um, Timberwinds into medallions, so they're sh- circle-shaped medallions. And I had a Ziploc in the refrigerator, and my co-writer was doing something, and I was like, I'm going to go in here and, you know, just chat down real quick. So I ran into the to the uh, kitchen there, and I pulled them out. And when I did, my Australian buddy went, oh, cookies. And I was like, no, nah, yeah. man, these aren't cookies, man. This is uh, deer tenderloin. He was like, deer. And I said, yeah. And he, I said, uh, I'd love for you to try one. I, I took this deer, and I cooked it and cleaned it. And he's like, oh, no, no, I like my meat from the store. So it's like. Oh. <laughs> Listen, you do have to have a pretty so- strong stomach to watch you guys on the Brothers Hunt on Instagram. Okay. I about okay. I didn't know that. A little what what when um, I saw a squirrel skull on your stove. That was I'm not sorry. a squirrel stuff. What was it? <laughs> what was it? I need to curl. Sarah, are you like squirrels or something? I missed Sarah's that post. Sarah's husband golfs. Okay. Sarah needs to read the captions, okay? I'm telling you, there was a squirrel or a skull of That's, something. It was a skull, but it was an antelope skull that had already been outside. <laughs> a squirrel skull. But I think you've been killing squirrels at some point. I do kill, I have like, shot some squirrels, up a squirrel. and I fry, have fried them up, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, let's talk about. I'd like to dissect this sure. if I can. Why does that strike you as gross? Because a squirrel is like a rat. It's okay. like a dirty rat. Oh wait, wait. You said dirty. Let's talk about dirty. So why is that squirrel dirty? You know what his diet consists of? Nuts. Are not, not dirty. <laughs> Are nuts dirty? <laughs> Hope not. <laughs> Okay. What else is a squirrel? We just took a turn. I'm just saying. All right. There is there are zero antibodies being injected into that squirrel on the daily. That's no, true. You, that's true. It is very true. That so is very true. Guess, guess what is the chicken chicken nuggets you're you eating at Chick Fil A? You're right about Tyson. that. So it depends on what your definition. We are not of dirty sponsored by is. Tyson. No. No. Great. Thank God. <laughs> I'm just saying. And you know, honestly. I would I would venture to say that that squirrel, despite their reputation, is sixty percent cleaner than the majority of meat you're buying at Piggly Wiggly. That's scary. You're my probably right. Job. One of the coolest things, and I was telling my new girlfriend this the other day. I knew he's gonna. I knew he was gonna he find a way. Does. I love talking about her. Codependent. <laughs> I said, you know what the coolest thing? I was cleaning a turkey that we had harvested um, in the sink. And, and I was like, you know what? I said, you know what's crazy about this meat? Like the coolest thing about it? She was like, what? And I was like, I am the only human being that will ever put his hands on this meat. That's true. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Ever. Okay, it is exactly the way it was supposed to be created by God in my kitchen sink. And I'm the only one that will ever touch it. I know it's exactly what has gone into that meat and... Where it's going, where, where it's it going, came from, where it came from, and how long it's been de- dead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How it was treated, what it died, and, and all that was. I mean, it's it's a. It, okay, here's a. I that, still eat double cheeseburgers at McDonald's. No doubt, though. we throw down on twenty piece chicken nuggets <laughs> if it gets rough. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying. It's a bad season. <laughs> let's talk about the difference, Courtney. Okay. In farm eggs that my chickens produce, yes, and the eggs that you buy from the store. Let's. I'm not saying anything about it. I'll let you take it and describe the differences and how different they are. I love a farm egg. I always have, I mean, you know, I, I love a farm egg. Dan's new thing, I mean, how long have y'all had chickens? A year. They literally are the best eggs I've ever had. Yeah, they're really good. But they look different. They look different. The consistency's different. You don't have to put them in the fridge Yolk's until way you bigger. wash them. They're like this beautiful, mustardy-colored... Yeah. They're, they're delicious. They're delicious. 
Yeah, and so all I'm saying is sometimes if you we get so conditioned to what we see that we think that that's and honestly, God, man, I'm getting soapboxy conspiracy theory over here. But I think it's that's the way it's sold. You know, I mean, how many chicken nuggets or I mean, how many pieces of chicken have you ever seen that just happened to look like a brontosaurus? You know what I mean? And now you can buy bags of them. Yeah. It's just an interesting perspective on food. And yes, it's cleaner. Or, or I'm sorry. And yes, it's more commercial to have them dancing across the thing and in a red bag that you open and it's easier and it doesn't take as long. And I totally understand that. And there's some people, not everybody can go hunt down their food all the time. I mean, clearly in my neighborhood. I recognize that. I'm just saying for me personally, I would say roughly 55, 60% of our meals at the house have something to to do with something that I have harvested, whether that be fish from a lake or squirrels from the trees behind our house or turkeys or deer or moose or elk or antelope because we go dang near everywhere. Duck. That's how we grew up, too. No doubt. I mean, Dad was was chicken frying deer meat since me and you, since before Reed even got here. Yeah. We used to do this thing in our house called... Um, wild Game Supper. Wild Game Supper. Or we would get to invite our friends, and they would have to wear camo and come over, and they would have to volunteer to try whatever dad fried up. Actually, Corey would just invite her friends and then make me stay in the back room while she hung out with her friends. Wrong. Dan would find any cologne he could and spread all over his body. Gold chain, baby. Come out with a gold chain and make the rounds. What's up, Kelly McGrath? Holl at me. <laughs> just kidding. Married now. We're going to move into what we like to call the popcorn round. Are y'all familiar? You have, what, I love popcorn. Listen yeah. to a lot of our I'm podcasts. Mm-hmm. I knew you would be. All right. So if you guys could only do one or the other, or just pick one. Oh, no. Duck There's... hunt or deer hunt? Oh, deer hunt. Deer hunt. Deer? Okay. Ask them deer or turkey. Well, I was going to say, deer or turkey meat? Deer. Oh, meat? Meat? Yeah, like to yeah. eat. Deer meat. Deer? Deer channel. Back See, that's a, that's a... I mean, it's deer meat because of the quantity, but I would... Popcorn ring, right? Dear me. Sorry. Yep. Who is the better singer? Reed. Me. Who is the better hunter? Me. me. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, why is Reed still single? I'm not. <laughs> unmarried. No, unmarried oh. would be a Yeah. Because of deer season. No doubt. I mean, I, I don't know how many gals we've been through that... Um, well, I'll tell you this. I was the same way. I mean, I got to... To 30 and said, I'm out. I don't, I don't care if I ever get married. And then this gorgeous Mississippi angel just flew right into my life, and I put a ring on it. That's right. After a minute. After a minute. Took a while. It, yeah. it, no doubt that the combination of music as a lifestyle and hunting as a lifestyle is a lot to deal with. Yeah, our lives are not normal. And, they are not normal. They don't I have, agree with They that. don't have normal hours. They don't have normal days. And, and truthfully, we shouldn't expect... A normal person to deal with our unnormal lives. I mean, that's all. It's a lot to handle, and some people just couldn't handle. It, and that's okay. It's okay. Yeah, It'll gotta find the one that does. That's right. You were talking earlier about hunting mule deer in Montana. Now, if you could go anywhere in the South and hunt anything, where would it be, and what would you be hunting? Um, the hardwoods of Tennessee. There's a lot of great places to to hunt, and we've hunted a lot of great places in the South. Um, but there's just something special about home, and and we've taken a lot of great deer at at our place and and uh yeah hardwoods of tennessee i would argue to say that tennessee in the fall would put stiff competition against any other state 
at the height of its beauty. It's hard to mess with. I want each of you to answer this question. Gotcha. If you could describe a Southern woman in one word, what would it be? I know mine. Dan. Feisty. Feisty. Reed. Loyal. Now describe your sister in one word. (laughs) Yeah, describe Courtney in one word. Feisty. (laughs) (laughs) Loyal. (laughs) Before you guys go, would you write a little song for us? Sure. What do you write on the spot? What do you want to be about? Write or sing? Woo. We'll do both. Can we do both? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, let's write about, um, see if you can write a song about Say It Southern podcast. On the spot. Another. another. This is not pre-planned, by the way. No. Oh, my gosh. You want to take the melody? I'll take the chorus. Oh, we're doing a verse and a chorus? (laughs) Oh, we're just doing a chorus? There's a couple of gals in Tennessee. One's named Sarah and one Courtney. They got a podcast and it's pretty good. Two of my favorite girls up in this Jackson neighborhood. And they say it's a... That was pretty good to the cover thing. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else that rhymed. Love so, it. like right there, we would scratch that and go back and write another rhyme for this. They're great mothers. Oh, they're real great mothers, and they say it's southern. It's good. It's good. Um, what's your favorite song that you've written together? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Do you, cover. Songs? That's like me saying, "What's Mm-mm. no." What's the best dish that you ever cooked? See how hard that is? Uh, well, just pick one then. All right, pick one. Uh, you, what do you saying? What are some that we've done that we can sing? Me and you, Red. <laughs> I have no idea. Let's do the middle of nowhere. We wrote this one with our buddy Jason Nix. I love Jason. I love Jason. I don't know that I know all the words to this, but I'm going to try. A drive. Usually all it would take to get you off my mind. Usually find my peace on black top between white lines. But not tonight. A song That's all it took For me to see you Singing along I should have known better Should have never turned that radio on By now I ought to be back home But my headlights are on this highway Trying to leave it all behind me I Stuck on my dash And the tires just keep 
keep going. About you, girl. Can we keep going. Uh, Goodbye. You tore out of my life without one reason why. Now I'm out here cruising to keep from losing my dang mind. I had a couple of bad notes in there. It's all right, dude. Okay. I didn't, didn't sleep too notice. well. I slept with Dean last night, and he got cold <laughs> in the middle of the night, and he came and he goes, Uncle Reed, I'm cold. And I was like, come here. And I cuddled up, and we cuddled harder last night than we've ever had, and we slept amazingly. Courtney, I love your boys, and by boys, I mean all three of them. We don't get the chance to sleep with Jason very often. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Graham, we actually do. What's up with Graham? I think I saw that on Brother's fall, Night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, they didn't get the octopus from him. The tents are kind of small, okay. Uh, but what uh, what's up with the feet kicking, man? Where did that come from? All kids kick their feet. Sarah, is mm-hmm. that not right? Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They all do. That's why you don't let them sleep with you. Uh-huh. Oh, really? Uh-huh. If you ever want to sleep again, don't let them stay in the bed. That's, That's right. just my personal opinion. Some people love it. Well, yeah. Okay, why don't, we, why don't you take, before we get out of here, we'd like to ask a couple of you guys. Okay. okay. Could you hit us with some... How would you say is a is a good way to maintain a relationship with our girlfriends slash wives and our schedules? What should we do? Would it be communication that, that that matters the most? Would it be staying home more often? Would it be bringing meat home instead of just going out into the field? What I mean, what makes well, don't come home with squirrels? I'm okay, <laughs> no <laughs> squirrels. squirrels. Here they are. No, Clean those we, up. <laughs> yeah, because we do. We leave. You know, probably from September to January, we leave. Some years, every weekend, and and we're and some weeks and some weeks, we're, yeah, um, yeah. There's there's two or three weeks in there that we're gone. I um, think um, like doing something special just for her, like planning something that it's not like, oh, look, hey, hop in the car, we're gonna go see this movie. But you've like really thought about it, something that she would enjoy, that and she will know that you did that because she would, you knew that she would want to do it. So it probably it. needs to be something, something special, yeah, for her. something pretty special, obviously, to make up for six months, yeah. Yeah, I think I think one thing. Okay, that's, you know. So, do you think we do a decent job of that or no? Yeah, I do. I mean, Reed's been through a few girlfriends, so I mean, clearly we're working on working on <laughs> him, work in progress. <laughs> what he's doing, um, but yes, Dan, I think that what would be good for you and what you're doing well, and and y'all, Dan's going to have a baby pretty soon. Yeah, baby. Little Eliza Jane. Pretty excited she's only, she's only Eliza Jane. Oh, you yeah, do let's that? hear that. Yeah. Ooh, right, you singing it? We doing it? I got Go. your number. Ooh, I got your name. Not 
correct, but okay. Why don't you call me Little Liza Jane? I'm gonna sing that to her every night. I mean, yeah. Um, She's due on the first day of bow season, by the way. Yeah, you think God got a sense of humor? We got a different bow season. We got a hair bow season. Yep. Mm -hmm. Pretty pink bow season. Yeah, I think Cheyenne is God's best for you. I do. No doubt. Me too. I have no doubt of that. Yeah, because she is. I questioned it for a second, but no doubt. Incredibly understanding and. Uh, that's the whole deal, you know. I mean, it takes two to make a thing go right. You want me to play that? (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, she's awesome. I love. No, I think as long as you carve out time for her and make her feel special, kind of like what Sarah said. I mean, you just got to figure out, you know, what makes the other person feel special. For Jason, it's quality time, so I have to work on that with him. And for her, it may be words of affirmation or. You know, whatever whatever that is for her. Lately, it's been uh, mobbing the kitchen. There you go. That's her I was love language. Say, when she is pregnant, I think you should just just nod your head. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need. Mm-hmm. Been a lot of that going mm-hmm. on. And is just, carbs normal? She's been craving carbs. Oh yeah, a lot of carbs. I crave. I wanted sweets. Am I oh, pregnant? Because I'm not a sweet person though. Like I want. <laughs> I wanted. <laughs> I eat carbs all the time. <laughs> I wanted sausage biscuits. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But as we wrap up, I just want to say this: um, that I am so fortunate to have these two guys as my brother and my sister too. She's great. She's taking a nap currently, but um, <laughs> a talented family here. I know we do, and my mom probably wishes that we would be bankers with uh, with four hundred one k. Actually, she uh, wanted me to read to be in a gospel trio. Yeah. Not gonna happen. She never told me that. Still up in the air. You never know. You never know. It could happen. Careers could go south fast. But um, anyway, I am so thankful for what they are in my family. And my boys adore them. We we adore your boys. I know. know And you. And we're proud of what you... I, I will say this for Courtney real quick while I've got the platform. I think she paved a way for us to see outside of... Nine to five. And I'm not saying nine to five is a bad thing. That may be what you're into. For us, it was not. She knew that we were both reading. And Lindsay, too. I mean, we were all creatives. And she recognized how to um, encourage that as well as how to provide outlets uh, for that as a profession and not just a hobby. And I'm forever grateful for that. Well, thanks. And thanks for coming on today. It's been fun. Thanks, Sarah. It's been fun. Yeah, a blast. Love you guys. Love you too. Yeah. Love you, half sister Sarah. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Part of the family now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>